Welcome to Lauren and Maddie's Magical Mystery Hour, the podcast where two curious souls delve into the enchanting world of whimsical topics, all while embracing a relaxed, elevated state of mind. I'm Lauren. And I'm Maddie. And here on this mystical auditory adventure, we aim to unlock the hidden wonders of the universe, exploring the bizarre, the fantastical, and the peculiar with open minds and an insatiable sense of wonder. Each episode, one of us will research a topic of our choice and lead the discussion while the other person vibes along for the ride. And wait, there's one more twist. As these stories unfold, we'll be enjoying the company of our favorite herbal friend, Mary Jane. So get your favorite herbal companions ready, sit back, and let the magical mystery hour begin. Okay. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for um, anybody who doesn't know, we were doing this virtually, like for the first three episodes. Yes. So in different locations, like one in the East Coast of Canada, and then I'm located in Ontario. We have some exciting news. We are now live in person. In the same room. In the same room. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why we were just saying this before I hit record. I was like, I'm so nervous right now because I'm like, it's like, it feels like a new experience. Because it is though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like doing stuff over like Zoom or whatever, or like FaceTime, such a different vibe. Oh, totally. And then in person and I'm like, oh my God, you're right here. It's crazy. It is so weird. So, I mean... Super excited to be here. (laughs) I cannot wait to hear what you're going to tell me today. Yes, because I've kept it a surprise. Yes. Because I think our whole thing now is that we're just going to surprise each other. I like that. I think that's fun. Which I think is fun. A more genuine reaction, you know? Totally. And like, I'm just so excited to talk about this. I don't even know. I'm like, should we just get into it? I am on the edge of my seat. Ah! I would love to hear what this is about. Okay, I think I'm going to give you a fun little introduction. Okay. And I didn't really prepare a fun introduction to this, but I'm going to kind of just go with it on the fly. Okay, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. The year is 1848. (gasps) We find ourselves in Hydesville, New York, at the home of the Fox family, where two young girls are about to discover... They're in into the world of spiritualism. Oh my God. I am so excited. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. The Fox Sisters yeah. is like one of my favorite stories. Yeah. Like ever. Oh no. So you already know about it. I, well, here's the thing. I haven't listened or like seen anything about okay. this in like at least a year. Okay. So I well, I think it'll be familiar, but you know me. My brain <laughs> Like goldfish, it's all gone probably. <laughs> so it'll all feel new to me. I'm okay. So yeah. So and what's so funny is that we went to Spirit Halloween today. Yeah. And we were you literally said something about spiritualism, and I was like, yes. Oh I didn't say a word. I just oh I, I didn't say anything because I was like, if I say something right now, I'm gonna t- get too excited. <laughs> You're like, gotta save the content for the podcast. <laughs> oh, totally. Like fully, fully. So here we are. Okay. Oh, so, I'm so excited. Basically today. I am going to give you a brief history of spiritualism. Okay. We're going to talk about where it came from, where it ended, and some personal Canadian connections to it. Love. Because, you know, I always got to, we always got to sprinkle in some Canadiana. Yeah. I mean, if we're not going to, who will? Exactly. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about the, the Fox sisters. So 
the family lived in a small farmhouse that had been known to be haunted by the community. So a couple of people have actually had actually lived in that farmhouse before. Um, and there is some, uh, actually I read a book published in 1855 by oh this God. guy who, um, interviewed all the people, um, from this community after it had happened. So, uh, yeah. So like this got Maddie, what we didn't get high. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Girl. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> back and ready to rumble. <laughs> oh, are we keeping in the other intro or should I explain no, what just happened? We're, we're keeping in that oh, part perfect. where I'm like, oh my God, because I was saying like, I'm reading this and I'm like, wow, like I'm so clear right now. Like I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm giving like a professional. An interview speech. No, literally. Yeah. Not like, an interview speech. I was looking for the word presentation. <laughs> This is already such a difference. <sighs> okay. So <laughs> good. Yeah. We gotta get back into I can't believe I've done this. I can't, I can't believe, believe you've done this. <laughs> All right. Um I don't even know where I was at. You were telling me about how um this farmhouse yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. had been owned. Yes. Okay, so yeah. Multiple people okay, just to like get right back into it. Yeah. So multiple people had lived in this farmhouse before. And okay. the previous owners, the people who lived there right before the foxes moved in, had reported hearing like a <gasps> in the middle of the night. So it was already kind of known to be haunted. However, I did also read that like like the book that I read that was published in 1855 was published by a guy who was like really into spiritualism. Like he wanted spiritualism mm. to grow as a movement. He was like, he was obsessed. So I, some bias maybe. And you know, I don't remember who wrote the book. Okay. I'm recording. Okay. So, okay. So <laughs> I found the book <laughs> <laughs> and it is not, I don't know if he's like the most pro spiritualist guy. Oh, so I was thinking, so he's not like, he's not for spiritualism? I don't know, because I just Googled him in the brief time, the intermission that we took, and I can't see, like, there's no, like, Wikipedia page about this guy, so I don't know his um, personal dance, but it doesn't, it, the, the book is called, and I'll tell you what it's called, book is called, I'm going to tell you what it's called, <laughs> honey. It's called Modern Spiritualism, It's Facts and Fantasisms, It's Consistencies and Contradictions with an Appendix by E.W. Capron. Um, and it was not published in 1855. Oh, it was published in 1855. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is this the same book as we were talking about earlier? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, this guy wrote this book. Okay. Yeah. And what he did basically is that he went from day one of them finding out that they have these supposed supernatural powers or medium like powers mm. all the way to like the end of their story. Oh, I so think like a whole like, no, no, not the end. I lied. But like towards like the end of like the, the beginning of the movement. If that makes the end sense. of the beginning of, that was a lot of I know. That was words. a lot of weird words. Towards the end of the beginning. Basically it came out in 1855. This all started in 1848. So he only covered it for a couple of years, but he covered them becoming like okay. known around the world. I didn't read the whole book. So he I just didn't read a necessarily chapter. cover like the entirety of spiritualism, but he did cover the these entirety ladies, of them. These Fox sisters. Got you. Got yeah. you. So he um, interviewed 
or got somehow obtained interviews of people who lived in the house before. Oh, the Fox family themselves, like the mother, the father, and the sisters, and like talks about how they first discovered it. Yeah. So I will um, basically give you kind of like the rundown of what he talks about. Yeah. So um, their mother, Margaret Fox. It's really confusing because their mother's name is Margaret and the two main girlies are named Margareta and Kate or Catherine. (laughs) So Catherine, Catherine is, goes by Kate and then Margareta goes by Maggie. So when you're hearing me talk about Maggie, I'm talking about the daughter. daughter. Margaret is going to be their mom. Got Just for purposes of clarity because it was confusing as fuck when I was reading it. I was like, who is this? Yeah. Because when I think Margaret and Maggie, I'm thinking Maggie is Margaret, not Margarita. No. No. Sorry, I had to puff on my face. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> so um, basically, they would. Uh, their mother is like hearing these noises at night. So they all slept in one bedroom. There were five of them. They all slept in one oh bedroom. Oh, my God. And they said that like throughout the night, they would hear noises, like the rapping. So it's known as rapping, not like... I'm not going to rap because that would say, just be embarrassing. the whole performance right now? I no. <laughs> so, um, but it would sound like in the night. Yeah, like distinctive knocking. Yeah, which yeah. is spooky. That is spooky, especially when it's almost like a pattern or like rhythmic. Spooky. So they keep hearing it, right? And they're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So their mom gets really frustrated. Margaret's like, what the? Like, seriously, this has to fucking stop. So they all get up in the middle of the night one night. Margaret's pissed. And this is how she kind of starts to realize that this knocking isn't just random. It is in sequences and it's, it's a, it's a little bit more. What did I say about patterns? Right. Responsive. It's intelligent. So she says, this is a quote from, from Margaret count 10 and it made 10 strokes or noises. Then I asked the ages of my different children successively gave the number of raps corresponding to the ages of each of my children. Then I asked if it was a human being. Sorry. (laughs) Oh. Then I asked if it was a human being making the noise, and if so, to manifest it by making the same noise. There was no noise. Then I asked if it was a spirit. It was. If it was. Oh, my God, I can't read a quote. (laughs) Then I asked if it was a spirit, and if it was to manifest by two sounds. I heard two sounds as soon as the words were spoken. I then asked if it was an injured spirit, and if so, to give me the sound. And I heard the rapping distinctly. I then asked if it was injured in this house, and the sounds were immediately made distinctly. If the person was living, that it it had injured, and it got the same answer. Mm. So, essentially, she... Again, we're going to get back to this later, but... Basically, Margaret's communicating with a spirit that supposedly lives in this farm in Hydesville, New York. Yeah. And at this point, is she the only one in the family that's talking to it? No. So when this happened, her kids were there. Oh, so they've witnessed Maggie this whole thing. Maggie and Kate were, and Leah, Leah were there. The three okay. of them. So it was, and the husband was there. They okay. all heard it. Immediately, they're like, call the fucking neighbors. Get the fucking neighbors in here. We got to come. Like, so they call over their neighbor and their neighbor is like, I don't believe this. And Margaret goes, Spirit, how how old is our neighbor? Yeah. And it gives the age and knocks. That is so spooky, though. So the neighbor's like, what the fuck? So she calls her husband. Wait, but like, sorry to no, interrupt. Okay. 
the neighbor is an adult, right? Yeah. So did it knock like 40 times? I guess. How do you even count that? Like One, two, three, four. Still, that's a lot of knocking. They did it. Allegedly. According to yeah. this person. So whole fucking neighborhood is in the house asking questions Jeez. is how this kind of happened. Yeah. Because they were like, wait, what? You can talk to people? And like, just for context, because I think we need some some context right now. Um, sorry, I'm just reading my notes and I put that they were spunky sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um. So essentially, uh, I don't know what I was talking about. Oh yeah, historical context. I'm so like that's okay in the zone. I, I love that you're hitting it harder, and you're like, <laughs> I can't read right now, but I can't read right now. But let me get even more. more yeah, up, please. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, this is 1848, right? So we're in yeah. like. Peak Victorian era, I think. I actually don't and, know when the Victorian sorry, era was. <laughs> where are we located again? Like geographically, Hydesville, New York. Okay, and is this like a small like farming community? Yes, okay. upstate New York. So okay. what I t- actually didn't know is that these girlies um, were either born or they briefly lived in Prince Edward County. Oh, that's so <laughs> funny. Which is really an hour from us right now, and like pretty close to the border. Yeah, and then they yeah. moved down to to New York. Oh, damn. Also, yeah. we're really like triangulating our location. That's okay. <laughs> It's okay. Nobody, don't come to my house. No. I'll kill you. (gasps) I'm editing that out. (laughs) A global threat. (laughs) I will kill anybody who walks by my house. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, so we're peak, I think, Victorian era. I actually don't know. Maybe I should have done more research. 1855? 48. 1848. Hey, Google. When is the Victorian era? Hell yeah. 1837 was when it started. Oh, yeah. And then so. it is peak Victorian. Like it was in fashion. She was, Victorian. yeah. Like it was just like an era of, um, a real, a confrontation with death and dying in society. Mm. And like the thing about like the Victorian funeral is that like, as technology was, Increasing, right? So you had photographs and stuff like that becoming more accessible. Um, people were finding new ways to commemorate death. And so, like, death photos became yeah. normal and stuff like that. So, it's not to say that, like, nobody ever like did death masks or anything like that before the Victorian era, but it was just a very, like, interesting way of, of approaching death and dying at that time. Um, and, like, honestly, it does affect a, some of the ways that we currently now deal with death and dying like mm-hmm. embalming and stuff like that like in the modern context in North America like yeah. happened um, around the Civil War because there would needed to be a way to deal with all of the death that yeah. was happening um, and deal with the bodies and how to preserve the bodies and also you know people were losing their lives at really young ages and sort of like the need to commemorate someone's anyway, I won't go into that because well, that could be a whole too, episode like, on its own. <laughs> the idea of like a death photo, I guess makes sense in that way of like, if someone doesn't have a chance to get a photograph taken of them during their life and they die suddenly, like I I understand that desire to like have like a imagery of this yeah, person. Like, yeah. so it's just an interesting time in terms yeah. of like people sort of, 
wanting to know more about what happens afterwards as well because as the Victorian era is you know occurring and then we're also getting a lot of like technology and stuff like that so like outside of photographs we're Mm. also getting the light bulb and the industrial age and you know new scientific discoveries constantly and I'll talk a little bit about that later but it's uh, it's just a lot of things are happening progress rise wise in terms of like, I guess you could call this, and I will say like this is within the context of upper middle class, New York white people, yeah. white people. This is pre abolitionist era. I mean, it is the era of abolition, but like slavery was still very much a thing. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, eighteen forties because the Civil War was until the eighteen sixties. Yeah, so. Slavery is sort of some, you know, a conversation on everybody's mind, definitely for people who are in political circles as well. So it's just like a very interesting cultural time because there is so much occurring change wise and there's so many attitude changes, there's societal changes. It's just, it's sort of like the, and then the spiritualist movement is happening all in the middle of it. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, essentially everybody's freaked out. about everything in this era. Mm. It's just a way to be freaked out. I don't know. It's just the time to be freaked out. I just feel like, yeah. So the spiritualist movement starts off as like people being like, wait a minute, guys, can like we talk to ghosts? Like what is happening? Like, can we do it? And like everybody kind of at the same time going, yeah, can we like talk to ghosts? Like, is that like a thing? So um, to bring us back to the Fox girls. Yeah. They're freaking everybody out in the neighborhood. I mean, yeah. yeah. Does anybody know that song, Freaking Out the Neighborhood by Mac DeMarco? Um, maybe if you well, just like, it for me, but... But if, like, if you know that song, just think about that song. There. <laughs> freaking Out the Neighborhood. Na- neighborhood. neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, but they realized that the girls, Maggie and Kate, were able to communicate the best with the spirits. Mm. So much so that when the two girls left that home, the ghosts would follow them. So what happened was that there there was so much buzz around these two ladies that their parents were like, go to Rochester. You got to go to the bigger city. Also, they were getting older, marriage age, right? Let's not forget Victorian people did not like spinsters. How so? How old were they when this started? Do you know? So Maggie was fifteen and Kate was twelve. Oh, so they're like they pretty were little, very young. Yeah, yeah, very, very young. And their older sister, Leia, Leah, yeah, she was quite older. Wasn't she, she was twenty years older than yeah. Maggie, so she would have been thirty-five when yeah. this was all going on. So, kind of super young to be having this happen to you. Um, yeah. So. Kate went and lived with their older sister, Leah Fox Fish. Leah Fox Fish. She married a fish. Oh, that's like she became a, a fish wife. Name, though. <laughs> Leah Fox Fish. Leah Fox Fish. Like, welcome to the. Is stage. it Leah or is it Leah? I don't know. Leah Fox Fish. I like, I like Leah. Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, Fo- Leah Fox. Leah Fox. That's like you know some words just like feel good to say. Mm. That's like one of those. Like that feels like a nice. It's like it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, totally. Anyway, she ends up being the worst. Oh, but we'll get into that later. Um, well, we'll get into it right now. Okay. <laughs> so basically, yeah. So K- 
Kate lives with Leia. Maggie goes and lives with their brother, David. Um, and of course, like the wrappings, they happen wherever they're at. Like, doesn't matter where with these... both of them, though. Yeah, it like, doesn't matter where, okay. where they are. There's rapping happening. <laughs> There's lots of hip hop music yeah. happening at this time. In Victoria, <laughs> New York. So basically, it gets enough attention where like Miss Girl, Miss Leia, is like, damn, these girls can make a lot of money. <laughs> is she like the original stage mom? Sort of. Like stage sister. So she like um sorry, I'm just reading. <laughs> So she like, she basically is like, okay, I'm going to book these girls. I'm going to keep these girls booked booked and busy, booked and busy. So she makes them perform at this um, theater in Rochester. It was the first time they ever performed. I think it was in 1849. And people were like, oh my God. (laughs) So like, holy shit, this is scary. I mean, yeah. Like, but my, here's the thing. I can't remember. I remember most of this, but then I'm like. How did they explain the fact that the ghosts are they just like traveling ghosts? They they I think they saw themselves as mediums. So they could just summon a ghost from anywhere. So you would go to these shows and you would go, "Okay, tell me what my dead dad yeah. wants to say." So it wasn't that like their house was haunted, it was that like they, they were, were able ha- to communicate with the spirits. Got you. Okay. But their house was also maybe haunted. It's that's a whole side story. So basically, yeah. So they start performing at these theaters. They're basically like mediums. Like traveling medium, traveling road show. mediums, and they start performing everywhere in New York, like Rochester, Buffalo, maybe Albany. I don't know. I'm just naming cities in New York. I mean, maybe. And and eventually they make it to the big city, <gasps> New York City. New York. <laughs> uh, what dream? Jungle, concrete, concrete, tomato. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't say that right. No, concrete. Ooh. Concrete. Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> You're just in that empire state of mind. What can ah! you say? <laughs> that was so good. So basically, people are eating this shit up. Eating it up. They're like... Love it. Mm-mm-mm. Good soup. Literally the best soup they've ever had. Yeah. So they're like living, breathing, dying, literally dying over it. Yeah. Um, And they finally make it to Manhattan. Oh, and good for them. They are living it up. Um, and we're going to leave the, vict- the victim. <laughs> <laughs> we're introducing a victim now, eh? No. <laughs> Don't say we're going to leave the Victorians. We're going we're gonna to come back to the Fox sisters momentarily. Okay. We're going we're gonna to break away. So they've gone off to New York and they're living, in dream- they're living their dream. They're okay. being spooky mediums, and we're gonna come back to them in a little bit because I want to. I would just want to get to the real core of the the stuff here. <laughs> oh, our our good pal spiritualism. Yeah. So who is she? What is she? What? Well, what? <laughs> um. <laughs> so it's essentially the belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living either through a medium or at a seance. Okay. That's basically like the core of spiritualism. It's mm-hmm. like. People believe that if you are able to manifest enough energy, you should be able to communicate with the dead. Um, And it's a way to sort of not only communicate with loved ones, but it's also a way of getting more information about the world. You can ask, you know, anything to anybody who's alive or dead, right? And that's sort of the idea. Um, And it's also, again, if we're thinking about the tensions at the time, it's pre-Civil War, it's 
abolitionist movements are happening. Women's right movements are happening. Mm -hmm. People are looking for information. It's just like, kind of like we are now the age of information. Yeah. It's like the age of information. So here's a question of me not understanding history. No. When did the black plague happen? (laughs) (laughs) Is that near this? No. (laughs) The black plague happened in Europe. Um, oh, yeah. In the <laughs> maybe 14, 1500s. Oh, I'm way off. Maybe 1600s. See, because I was going to say, like, I wonder if, like, some, like, level of, like, mass hysteria from a lot of people dying at once would have caused this, like, people being like, I need to get in touch with my loved one. But It kind of does happen during the Civil War. Like, this, this is, even this gets is, bigger kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. Because yeah. this is just the beginning of it. Like, the oh, very okay, beginning yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so like I said, a lot of these movements are happening. So abolitionist movements that are calling for the end of slavery, um, women's right movements who are looking for women to have rights. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, what's really interesting is that spiritualism comes off the heels of a lot of um, radical Quakers. Really? Who wanted to see reform in society um, and were quite accepting of all sorts of people. And early memberists were actually quite socialist in their beliefs. So early members of, yeah. of spiritualism were basically just socialists. Well, I know I don't know really anything about Quakers, but the one thing I do know is that apparently they helped a lot in the Underground Railroad yeah, they and don't like give were a, a big fuck. advocate like, for like abolition and they believe in people. Yeah, so I'm like the, I vibe with the Quakers Me too. From I what I know with the Quakers. until I, I find them. out something more. And yeah, there's it's probably maybe something bad, fucked but, up about Quakers, but but I feel like this kind of makes sense that they would be like a part of this because they seem pretty open minded. Like you know what I mean? Oh, totally. So it's like of any group of people to be like, are we going to talk to ghosts? Fuck yeah! I feel like they're the ones to like party with that you yeah, know they're fucking with it they're rocking i love with that. that we're rocking i'm they're rocking with us so we're rocking <laughs> with that um so yeah a lot of these quakers are like we want to know more about the world why not believe in this mumbo jumbo wumbo let's get into it yeah and so and they're also like we also believe in basic human rights for all kinds of people including Fuck spirits that. yeah so let's yeah. like let's get into it um so Catherine Troy, here's a book for you. <laughs> Something I read. Catherine Troy also links this interest um, in that states wanted to reform regarding... Oh, yeah. So there's also... Sorry, I just had to read that back and it didn't make any sense. But I'm going to tell you now. Okay. So Catherine Troy hypothesizes that spiritualism also came um, sort of at the same time as people were trying... People as in white settlers were trying to understand Native Americans a little bit more, which is like interestingly meaning like they wanted reform for them. Like these people deserve equal rights kind of reform. Really? Yeah. So that does not seem in line with the history of North America to be honest. She has a quote here. She says, undoubtedly on some level, spiritualists recognize the Native American, the Native American specters that appeared at seances as a symbol of the sins and subsequent guilt of the United States and its dealings with Native Americans. Spiritualists literally were literally haunted by the presence of Native Americans. But for many, that guilt was not um, assuaged. Rather, in order to confront the haunting and rectify it, they were galvanized into action. The political activism of spiritualists on behalf of Native Americans was thus the result of combining white guilt and fear of divine judgment with a new sense of purpose and responsibility. So essentially, 
that old, you know, um, trope in like ghost stories where it's like Native American burial ground. So what was happening at these seances is that a lot of Native American burial ground stories were being told. So like, Mm. why is my house haunted? Oh, because it's built on stolen land. And as much as that trope has a lot of like issues, meaning like sometimes a little culturally insensitive and can be a real scapegoat for people. And like dismissive almost. Super dismissive. But at the same time, (laughs) for spiritualists, interestingly enough, it was like, not like, oh, well, fuck fuck the Native Americans. It was more, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, it's definitely white guilt, white fragility, white guilt, which is a whole other thing. But it kind of made them go, maybe, like, we shouldn't, like, maybe we should, like, maybe do something about this. Like, maybe there is an issue with the way that we are treating Native Americans in our society. And maybe we should take our lesson from this and apply it to how we can help people. I mean, like, actually wild that you had to see a ghost in order to just develop empathy. (laughs) But, like, I guess if that's what it takes, I don't know. Maybe that's what we need to do nowadays, just, like, start hosting seances again. And that's, okay, I do not mean to be insensitive, but I'm like, thought train here what's that movie with the the ghost of christmas past present and future we're gonna talk about that screwed because i'm like we're gonna talk about it shortly really yeah <gasps> what a coinky <laughs> i'll uh i'll hold my tongue yeah because okay. we're gonna i like literally in a couple of seconds we're gonna oh talk my god so these are the kind of people who are interested in spiritualism yeah. right these are they're they're socialist they are into reform politics they want the United States to be a more equal space. Now, okay. I'm not saying it's like the their their definition of equality is probably not the same definition of our definition yeah, of equality. True. That's really important to remember when you're talking about Historical history context, like this. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they're like, yeah, everybody get their fucking titties out. Let's have a great time. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, we still need to be very um, modest, and we can't let have people have too many rights. They're now. basically just like, maybe we should acknowledge that these people are human beings and. Like, is that the level of respect that we're getting to kind of thing Sort here? of. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know them personally. But I will <laughs> say, like, you'll be surprised at who was interested in this stuff. Well, from what I've heard from, like, other, like, content and stuff, a lot of big names in Hollywood and, like, political figures, mm-hmm. like, again, I might be getting ahead of myself. Let's, but, let's yeah. wait before we talk about that. So one person that I felt, thought was super interesting, um, her name is Sojourner Truth. She has a really famous speech called Ain't I a Woman? She's a black abolitionist. Um, she was really into to seances and oh, mediums cool. and used them a lot um, and was known to attend these seances and stuff like that. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. So Mary Todd Lincoln wanted to communicate with her son who had passed away. Um, and Abe Lincoln, Abraham yeah. Lincoln, would also attend these seances because <gasps> they wanted to communicate with oh their God. son. Um, what a crazy part of history. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes yeah. series, was all in it. Yeah. All in it. Loved it. He was also a physician. Yeah. So you'll notice that a lot of like scientific communities cross, cross sect, cross sect, intersect, intersect with um, spiritualism. Sir Charles Dickens, <gasps> author of my favorite Christmas story. A Christmas Carol. And that's how we get here. And, I love it. And this. so what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, it, like, the whole idea of, like, I need to see a ghost in order to, like, feel shame or, mm. like, guilt or anything. And then I was like, maybe that's what we need to start doing with, like, terrible people is just, like... Scaring the, them. Yeah, like, 
who's going to dress up as a ghost and go sit in politicians' bedrooms and just make them do good things, you know? So you're saying that we, when the president or the prime minister is sleeping at night, let's say when Justin Trudeau is sleeping at night. Oh my God. We sneak in as the ghost of his dead father, Pierre. (gasps) So um, Sir Charles Dickens, he was actually... um, the part of the ghost club in London. <gasps> so in London at the time, there was something called the ghost club and that's what they would get together and they would talk about ghosts. And Can we start that again? I know. Should we like, I don't want to do seances in my house though. No, that's why you need to be rich and have a whole clubhouse for it. We can go in the park. Park goes. Just haunt up the park. <laughs> this park is so haunt vandalism. <laughs> well, ha- haunt up this park. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary, Marie Curry. The inventor yeah. of radiation. Oh my god! Radium. Well, discovery. Um, discovery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she discovered radiation or radium. Uh, her and her husband Pierre were like loving really? it. They loved oh my it. God. They they attended the the same sort of ghost club in Paris. Icons. Honestly, I wonder if they gave her the idea for like figuring that out. You know, yeah, if the totally. ghosts were like, "Bitch, you'll never guess. You'll never guess." <laughs> Radi- uranium. Your Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. How do you say I don't know anything about science. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you know a lot about ghosts, and apparently sure at this do. time, not much different. No, no. Thomas Edison <gasps> wanted to make a phone to communicate with spirits. He wanted to make a ghost phone. Why didn't he? Because he can't. I mean, can't. basically, that's basically a EMF reader, is it not? Or like a, EMF, a spirit box or whatever they're spirit called. Spirit boxes are are scanning frequencies. Yeah, EMF is. Um, detecting electric magnetic fields in the room. And then you have an EVP recorder, which is an electronic... I um, can't believe I know all this. Okay. An electronic voice... Baggins. Oh, <laughs> love you, Zach. Um, electronic voice voice phenomenon? EV, no, yeah. it's e- EVP. EVP, yeah. yeah. Um, that's like a really sensitive uh, recorder. So that'll pick oh. up like frequencies and like sounds that you can't hear with the your a naked ear. See, does that ever freak you out? The fact that there's so much we can't hear. You know, apparently oh, totally. plants just are constantly making noise, but we can't oh, totally. hear it. That freaks me out. And they make yeah. different noises when you hurt them. Anyone who's vegan just needs to not eat. Yeah, <laughs> fuck vegans. You're hurting your plants. Yeah. That plant is crying. Yeah, no, literally, it's screaming at its friends <gasps> to I be don't like, like that. no, I'm not kidding. I've read this whole thing about that, and I was like. Had a moment. Sorry, hold on. But yeah, that is, that's the thing too, where I'm like, not to get too like ooky spooky, but yeah. I, there's a part of me where I am skeptical, but the other part of me is like, if plants can fucking talk to each other, why can't ghosts, you know what I mean? Or oh, why totally. can't ghosts even exist in the sense of like, just not even maybe ghosts in the, you know, white sheet over a floating body, but like ghosts in the sense of like energy from human beings that we don't have anymore physically yeah you know einstein actually was looking into this at one point and i think he was like he basically i don't know i don't quote me but (laughs) i'm pretty sure i read or saw or whatever that he like sees it as a ripple in reality oh like a like more of a time connection yeah has everything to do with time because time isn't like he like the fifth dimension almost. Yeah, time's not linear, that whole thing. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard that theory that ghosts are actually um, a glimpse into another time? Yeah. And like, 
Yeah. But then again, I wouldn't, I don't know how that would work with the, um, the ones medium. that are communicating. Yeah. That's where it gets fishy. I believe, I think I believe more in ghosts that are sort of like a ripple in time kind of thing yeah. than I do with like an intelligent spirit. Cause then I'm like, wow. That's the thing. You know, I like, have, how does it know? <laughs> I can be more like for kind of the, um, what do they call it when it's like a, not a liminal haunting. A residual, um, a residual haunting. haunting. Yes. That's where I'm like, I can get behind some of that shit because I'm yeah. like, I don't know. It just seems more realistic, I guess. Yeah, I agree. So a lot of people were um, into it. However, one of the biggest critics of spiritualism was our boy, Harry Houdini. Uh, love him. He hated these bitches. Yeah. He was like, fuck anyone who does this. I'm going to dedicate my entire life to debunking mediums and spiritualists. No, literally. And he did. So he, um, before he died, him and his wife had an agreement that when he passed away, that she would try to communicate with him via seances and that he would relay the message, Rosabelle Believe. Um, Rosabelle is the name of their favorite song. Oh, that's cute. So yeah, it was like a code to them. So um, she held annual seances on Halloween for 10 years after his death. And she never made contact with him. Aww. So in 1936, 10 years after he passed away, she blew the candle out that had lit his portrait since 1926, 10 years ago. And she said of this moment, she said, and this is such a badass quote from her that I had to include, 10 years is long enough to wait for any man. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, you go what off, What an queen. icon, honestly. Go off. So um, yeah, so even like, Harry Houdini, who was like, you know what? Fine. Even if I die, I still don't believe this is real. But if it is, right? Because it still could be. Yeah. I, I, let's have a code. I would love, though, if he was just a really like stubborn bitch and he was like, I know I can communicate with you, but I'm not letting them win. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> Probably, maybe. But I feel like he would. I would hope. Yeah. That'd I feel like... Real, that'd be real shitty of him. Yeah. <laughs> so basically... After the 1920s, um, oh no, sorry, I just missed a whole bullet point. It's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, the movement lasted from the 1840s up until the 1920s. And at one point it had over or around 8 million members in North America. 8 million? Yeah. And Europe. Wait, but what was the population of America at this point? Well, right now it's like 300 million. So it's this is in North America and Europe. Oh, okay. Combined. Yeah. Yeah. And it was mostly white, uh, middle, upper class folks. So just so we, we know who actually is a part of yeah. this. Um, and then after the 1920s, it splintered into sort of three different sections mm. of now what is out there. So the first thing is um, syncretism. So basically that's when like you combine a bunch of different elements from different religions. So now there's some people who are like a little bit more spiritualist, a little bit Catholic, a little bit pagan. Just kind of pick and choose. Yeah, like neo-pagan, you know, Christian beliefs-ish. Then you have the spiritualist church, which is heavily lined mm. with Christianity. So that is people who, like, there's, like, literally a church in Los Angeles, like, the Church of Spiritualists. Really? Muslim, yeah. And is that recognized by, like, the Catholic Church or the Christian, I don't like, think so. community? I think it's its own thing. Okay. Um, and then um, the third and final is the Society for Physical Research. And so they look for actual evidence of ghosts in the paranormal. So this is the more science-focused mm. side. And that's something I always found interesting is how much of... Um, spiritualism is based on like trying to get scientific measures for ghosts. Oh yeah. I'm like love that for them. Yeah. So basically after that, it kind of just 
became not to like, it kind of became a little bit of a free for all. So it's just like, it wasn't really like one cohesive spiritualist movement anymore. It just was like, some people do seances, some people don't, some people believe in it, some people don't like it is what it is. It's kind of just like whatever floats your boat. Yeah. So, but it, it did have prominence for almost a hundred years for like 80 years. Um, and people were really into it until it kind of just was like, okay, well we're, it's been so long, it's been 80 years and we're still not getting any further than we and were like, before. Probably so much debunking along the way. Oh yeah. And also just like, you know, again, I, I would love to do an episode on spirit photography. Um, oh, I would love to hear it. it. Cause it's like, you know, like the, the, um, what do you call it? Like plasm, ectoplasm, yeah. like that they would fake, but people truly believed in it, but it really is just trickery, photo trickery. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like some of the I can't think of specific cases right now, but like some of the photos, when you hear the stories, it sounds so convincing. And then you look at the photos that they have from the time and it's like, oh, this was literally a puppet. Mm -hmm. Like, but I guess, yeah, it's just a matter of the time. Like if you've never seen a horror movie and seen special effects, you're like, like, oh damn, that's scary. But like for us, we'd be like, that's a sheet over a doll. Yeah. Like, you know? It's very easy now. Cause yeah, we have so much technology. We have so many capabilities. Yeah. Like now it's like, Talking about AI photos. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't even compare. And like also like people had old parlor tricks that they would use to like make tables float. Love and a parlor trick. <laughs> I would love, can I just say like, I would love to live in a Victorian house just for the layout, yes. oh but I don't want the ghosts. No. Because I know there is a, like it, every Victorian house is haunted. And old house, old like house that? in general. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, fuck with that. no. And I don't want to get woken up in the middle of the night by rapping. No, I already can't sleep as it is. I do not need to be haunted. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Anyway, speaking of Victorian houses, yeah. I think it's really important now to bring us to our Canadian moment, Ooh, okay. our heritage moment. <laughs> Starting TMTM. my own, yeah, my own heritage moment. Um, called Lauren and Maddie's heritage, heritage moment. moment. Um, Love that. Because I feel like, yeah, like we always like to bring it to Canada, except for when I did Mount Everest. I didn't mention Canada at all. I Which said, makes sense. Fuck Canada. <gasps> You're going to get blacklisted now. I didn't mean that. So to bring us to our heritage moment, um, we're going to talk about a really interesting person in Canadian history. Okay. We're going to talk about William Mackenzie Lyon King. Who was the 10th Prime Minister of Canada on and off from 1921 to 1948. Um, And he was also the Liberal Party leader after Sir Wilfrid Laurier passed away. So just some cultural context for you. Thank you. Homie was interesting. I mean, I'm ready for the controversy. That's for sure. He was an interesting guy. Yeah, Um, He had some mother issues like like a mother is a boy's best friend level of like he was issues. really trying like to prove. giving norman Bates. yeah okay don't love that um like no one will ever be good enough for my son levels of Ooh. weird see that's why i'm like anyone who's trying to prove freud right hate that yeah hate so that. his mom isabel is kind of like this person who just like loves her son Loves him a little too much. There's just no healthy boundaries in this family. Yeah, by the she's sounds like of it. she like he would like like I I don't know I did it, anyway. We'll get into this a little bit later. But I did a tour of his estate, and the lady, the tour guide, said that like she he apparently like 
kind of liked this woman. She was a nurse. Um, and his mom was like, yeah, you can't marry her. She's not good enough for you. So he never really, he never, he was never married. Ever. Ever. <gasps> never Spencer. had, never had kids. Damn. Um, That's he, honestly he, surprising for that time period. Yeah. And he was also kind of rumored to be gay. <gasps> maybe. Or, and he, or he just mostly hung out with sex workers, which is like, he could, he could honestly <laughs> you know, hang. That sounds like a great time. He could <laughs> hang for real. He could. Um, Besides the mommy things. Yeah. So he was particularly interested in the occult love, um, which is something that was actually kept us. Was I touching you before? No. Oh, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> a little tap. Um, yeah. So he was. <laughs> The occult. Yeah, he was interested in the occult, which was actually kept a secret from the Canadian public. Well, I was going to say, I'm I'm shocked that someone who was so in the public eye yeah. was into all this stuff, which is also something interesting where I feel like, yeah, these are the stories about political and like historical figures that you just don't hear unless no. you look for it. And yeah. then you're like, everyone in history was fucking freaky. Yeah. Everyone was into weird shit. Oh, totally. Especially people with money and power. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's the part of history we should focus on. It says oh, a lot more about people's totally. character, you know what I mean? So this was kept secret until the 1960s, like late oh, 1960s. Um, they, they were locked up and he, I think it was like basically like they were to be published in the 1960s. Wait, what do you mean? Like there was like a book of secrets or something? He had his diaries. <gasps> Aww. Oh, yeah. I didn't even say that. <laughs> I just said, I just said, I know, I know things. They were locked up. I was like, (laughs) who were they locking up? (laughs) Yeah. So his diaries weren't published until the late 1960s, which contained all of this information. I would be so pissed if I died and someone was like, here's your diaries. I think he wanted them to be published. Oh, okay. So he was like, I want everyone to know about my (laughs) mommy issues and weird like interests. Okay. So, no, he actually really loved his mom. I'll get into that later. It was really weird. It wasn't on just on her side. It was on his okay. side a little bit too. So I actually, because I'm a research girl, <laughs> I actually went online to the Canadian archives <gasps> and I scoured through typewritten um, like, scanned books yeah, yeah. to find a quote that was viable from his diary. I love his, that. His own word. Um, and this was published on October 17th, which is almost... Uh, oh my God, almost 90 years ago today. Wow. October 17th, 1933. It's the 13th right now. So on this day, he said, as I drove to the station, I felt I was very near to those I love and that they were very near to me. There was a feeling of reality about the invisible, which seemed to clothe me with a sense of power. This experience has been the most remarkable of all, majestic in its strides convincing beyond all possibility of doubt of survival of continuance of memory and of the understanding of the significant uh, significance of events and forces i have felt i have been dealing with intelligences more remarkable than they were on earth and certainly in the clarity of their thoughts ooh this is him talking about how he felt after a séance one of his regular séances yeah. okay he had seances really, really often, especially during his time as prime minister. Was that in a way to like his own kind of therapy or was this something where he was like, how do I deal with these political issues? Ghosts? He basically used them like they were Siri. 
He was That's like, wild. He's like, have a major medical, medical, medical. <laughs> he was not a doctor. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh man, I have a major political decision to make. Let me have a seance. No, that's wild. Yeah. That's so wild. I remember, I can't remember who it was, but there was an American politician that Houdini found out was using a medium to like make huge decisions that's and it's going to drive me nuts who it was. Well, I know um, Nancy Reagan actually regularly called mediums into the White House when her president, her so husband was president. Wild. Yeah. That is the thing too where I'm like, how much of history was made based on ghosts? <laughs> Yeah, so he he really like felt so much from the seances. Like they were really important to him. Mm. Um so he allegedly these are the people that he had allegedly made contact with. Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. <laughs> really jumping into yeah, it. We're just really going into it. Sir Wilfred Laurier, his former mentor and yeah, you know, one of Somebody who was very dear to him, his mother, <laughs> um, his grandfather, his dogs, Pat. Pat was named one of his dogs. Named, How? Wait. <laughs> I don't but they know. They were just like, woof, woof, woof. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he was like, that's old Pat. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. Okay. And uh, FDR. Oh, you know, <laughs> I guess so. After FDR died, he was like, fuck. <laughs> FDR, I got to talk to you because he was also um, the prime minister during World War II. So he was like, a political decision is in underway. Yeah. Where's FDR when you need him? <laughs> and then after Jeez. under this, I, I quoted Lisa Renna from Real Housewives and I said, it's <laughs> wackadoodle time. It is wackadoodle time. Um, yeah. Because that is a little wackadoodle. Leonardo da Vinci, what does Leonardo da Vinci want to say to you? What Mackenzie do your Lion dogs want to say to you? <laughs> no, like, <laughs> like honestly... I am just blown away the amount of stuff where I'm like, these people had power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had like so much power. And he even says in that quote, I feel that this has clothed me in power. Damn. I wonder, was he on like medical cocaine or something? (laughs) Because this is like the 1920s, 1930s. I don't know. I mean, they used to inject JFK with meth. But that's what I'm saying. Like everyone in history was just high as shit all the time or just drunk. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, no wonder he was like, yeah, I'm talking to my fucking dead dog. Like, <laughs> and he, like, he had, say, he had like a, a medium on, on call, on call, on speed dial. Yeah. He had, a, he used a few. There was one from upstate New York. Um, I didn't love talk. upstate New York. So he had two main residences in the national capital region. Cause I'm just being vague like that. <laughs> So he had Laurier House, which he yeah. lived in, and downtown Ottawa, obviously on Laurier Street, um, and Mackenzie King Estate in Chelsea, Quebec. Yes. Um, so up above Gatineau-ish area. Um, I have been to both of these places. Yeah. I have been... Um, I went to Laurier House in 2019, and I just recently was up at the estate in Chelsea. Um, I mean, it is summer. beautiful up there. It is so pretty. I hadn't been up there since I was a kid, and it is so pretty. Um, but let me tell you this. Both of these places were super spooky, for real. Believable. Well, um, especially if he was doing all this shit, like... He opened some doors if there were doors to open, oh, you yeah. know? Well, and he had dedicated seance rooms in both of those residences. See, that to me, I'm like, why have a cigar room when you can have a seance room? Which I think is so cunty with the, the, the fucking crystal ball. Right? Crystal ball. <gasps> oh, that's great. You know what I think we should bring back? What? Parlor tricks and seance rooms. <laughs> and crystal balls. And crystal balls. <laughs> that's what I want. 
<laughs> so um, a little fun fact, Delorier House made me cry. Oh, no. I did cry. Because of uh, how scared I was. <gasps> now, just, this is all to say then. that this is done through the company um, Haunted Walks. And for Laurier House, they made it more of like a, a theatrical, spooky oh, thing. So, so they so, amped it up. They did stuff to make yeah. it scary. So um, I did cry because they had like a player piano just like go off on its own. Oh. And that made me cry. I was super oh, no. scared. Um, I was 19. So don't... <laughs> aw. <laughs> I was seven years old. Yeah, oh, I was a grown ass woman. But they they made me do something really scary. What they make you do? <laughs> okay, so before we even got into the ghost stories and like went around the house and stuff, um, he was like, "Oh, I'm going to test your psychic abilities." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay." So he gives us cards, three cards. One has a star. One has like lines on it, and one is a square. Those are the symbols. Okay, yeah. star, lines, and squares. Square. And he says, I'm going to put my cards in a particular order. I want you to look at your cards, just think, and just try to put them in the same order mm-hmm. as you think I've put mine in. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah. And if you need to change them last minute, like the order of it, that's fine. You can do that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I put my cards in whatever order I, I put them in. And okay, he flips the first card. It's, I got it right. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's about to flip the second card. And in my mind, I shit you not, I'm not even making this up. My brain visualizes the star. I had to put the line second, but my brain visualized the star. It like popped into my brain. Like I wasn't even trying to like, I was just sitting there waiting and all of a sudden my brain went, no, it's the star. So I switched them. He flips, star. I'm like, (gasps) oh my God. And then the lines. So I'm like... That's super weird. And he, weird. and only like three of us got it right at the table. Because, you know, you do have a 33% chance of getting it right. Yeah. And he goes, okay, you got it right. He goes, you got it right too. And I said, yeah, I actually switched my cards. Like He said, yeah, I know I saw you do that. He said, why? I said, well, I saw it in my brain. Like I said, <laughs> I literally just saw the image and I just had to switch them. Yeah. And he, he genuinely, like he was supposed to be in character of like, uh, he genuinely was like, what the fuck? He was like, this bitch is freaking me out no, now. Yeah, I started getting freaked out because I was like, wait a minute, what? Oh, that is a little spooky. And that's kind of how I kind of realized I was like sensitive to certain things. Mm. Like I, I have very good intuition. I mean, you've had more freaky things happen to you than anyone I know. Yeah. And Literally. I also think it's because I'm open to it. Well, you're, yeah, you're like, where are the ghosties and when can I see them? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm very open to it. Like when I go into a haunted space, I kind of just say to myself, I'm ready. Do what See, you need I to say, do. Don't come fucking near me. Leave me alone. <laughs> I say I'm ready for what needs to happen. But I also say don't fuck with me. Like don't fuck so with like, me. So like respect my boundaries, but yeah. show yourself. I'm like, respect my boundaries. Be a nice person. <laughs> be yeah, be a nice, be a friendly ghost. Yeah, don't be Casper. Be Casper. Don't be a ghoul. No, don't be <laughs> ghoulish. <laughs> don't be ghouling up in here, okay? Yeah. Be not what you be need. Casper. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway, when, before the pian- player piano went off, yeah, we were doing this exercise where he was like, hold the spoon and try to describe to me anything that you see when the spoon comes up in the spoon, like in the reflection, like just hold it and just like close your eyes. And what do you think of when you're holding the spoon? And okay. I'm like oranges and lemons. That's what came into my mind. He okay. was like, that's so weird. I was that's like, weird. I don't know why that's weird. He never explained himself. Just as I'm holding the spoon, it's pitch black in this fucking old ass Victorian house, and I'm concentrating, I'm closing my eyes, and I'm really trying to concentrate with the spoon out. P- player piano goes off, and I start crying. Yeah, I feel that. And that everybody screamed, scary. and I screamed. And I went, Aah! and I started Sarah Paulson crying. 
uh, honestly, I I feel like people might have thought you were like an actor. <laughs> no, literally, they're probably like, she needs to shut the fuck up. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, but you know what though? Even if it was staged, that just means that they did a good fucking job. Yeah, I was terrified. Like, good for them. Go give them a good Yelp review. So the the seance room was on the second floor, I think. Um, and after he left that residence and passed away, I guess, um, he actually made them turn it to an, uh, something else. He said, just really? get rid of that room. said, we do not want, I don't want this Ooh. room. And even like the, his like political people were like, yeah, this room can't exist for the public. But also like, yeah, he was probably just like, no one can know about my freaky hobby. That would not be a good move like politically. Yeah. And like. Yeah, basically, it was kind of a bit of a cover-up. They were yeah. like, don't... like Because they opened up the... Because it used to be the main residence for prime ministers just for a little bit, not for that long. Like, Wilfrid Laurier built it, and mm. then Mackenzie King stayed there, and then a few more people, and then it moved to, like, um, the up on Sussex. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, basically, yeah, they, they turned it into an HVAC closet. A what closet? HVAC. Like a central... Oh, yeah. Wait, how big was this room? It was not that big. Okay, because when I think of an HVAC closet, I'm thinking like a, a pantry-sized closet. It was probably like bigger than my closet. Okay. Yeah. For the size reference, only us know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like not a huge room. It was big yeah. enough to like fit a table and a couple chairs. But like it was only ever really just him and his yeah. medium. It was a windowless oh. room too. Like it was in the middle of the house. Oh, so it was literally a closet. Like it was a small room. And I think they, they condensed it when they built the HVAC and everything. Mm. See, yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't blame him for being like, get rid of the evidence because yeah. like, also I'd imagine at this time people were very religious and would be like fucking. Well, it was the 1930s. 1940s. Yeah. 1950s. He died in 1950. A little more conservative. Yeah. Well, he was, yeah, he was anyway. Anyway. And then on the third floor, on the third floor, there was a shrine to his mom. The whole floor? Well, no, uh, in, a, in a room. So basically after she passed away, yeah. he moved her furniture into his, into that house. Aw. I don't know. I'm like... People grieve in weird ways, man. Yeah, but then he also put a portrait in his office of her. And um, part of the deal with showing this house is that you cannot leave that light off in that room. Because if you do, it will turn on, on its own. (gasps) If you leave it off... Oh, I was somebody thinking, will turn it on. I was thinking you were going to say like, oh, like he just wanted to honor her and always have a light on for her. But like, oh, that's spooky. Yeah. And he, he did in the sense that like, he was a little obsessed with his mom. He was a little yeah. obsessed with her. And she I mean, was I'm a saying like, oh, but I'm like at the same time, like, creepy as fuck. Right. Yeah. Get over it. I'm sorry. Like you just have to move on. So basically people who work there, cause it's part of the national parks, mm-hmm. um, say that, yeah, if they have forgotten to turn the light on, it'll come on. They'll be like leaving. And they'll look behind them, and it'll be on. They'll be like, oops, forgot to turn that on. I guess somebody else who got me covered. That power bill would suck. Oh, yeah. Well, it's covered by the government. They don't care. Oh, true. Our money is going to pay for that fucking light bulb. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just a really spooky old house. Um, And the estate is also very old. He bought it in the early 1900s. This is up in Quebec. And he was constantly expanding it. So there was already some buildings there, but he kept building and building and building. 
He also conducted several seances um, in one house on the estate, which I didn't get a chance to go into when I was there because it was close for construction. But people say it is really scary in there. Like people have stayed the night there and can't actually stay the night there. Oh, like I they would never. like people like like maybe like 20, 30 years ago who were just able to um said that they would like run out of the house in the middle of the night. That's how scary it was. Oh, like they weren't there to be like spooked. They were just no, there they were there because be they were staying there. Oh. And even friends yeah. of his had reported feeling very strange in some mm. parts of the estate. Um, I mean, he definitely brought some weird vibes. Well, so he like also the whole mother literally thing and everything too. He imported ruins from Europe to okay. <laughs> to the estate, like <laughs> rich people making weird yeah. Decisions. <laughs> like every freaking episode, where like this is a lot of the issue is just rich people being stupid. No, literally. Oh, sorry. That's no, okay. No, literally, it's like. He, yeah, so there's like all these old ruins in this area of the state called they call the Abbey. And it's like the old fireplace from the original parliament building in the UK is there. Why? I don't know. This is the thing, too, where I'm like, <laughs> definitely taxpayer money went to do that. Oh, totally. And he like moved, yeah, so like there's all these random ass ruins. So talk about moving energy from one place to yeah. another. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's all that's really to say. Other than like, it's a super spooky place at night. Like we were out yeah. there walking around in pitch black. Well, because you're also in like the middle of nowhere, up in the fucking mountains. Yeah, like that is all on its own. Without like the ghost, would be kind of spooky. Totally. So I'm like, geez. And, and it was during the wildfires, so the air just was smoky, oh my and the sky was yellow. Yeah, that definitely adds like an. Or it was a weird vibe. It was such yeah. a weird vibe. And there were so many mosquitoes. Anyway, <laughs> um, this is all to say that at some point, spiritualism even made its way to our prime minister. Jeez. So it was a very big movement. Um, and that more people than we think were into this stuff um, and continue to be. So maybe maybe JT is right now communicating with his dead Justin dad. Timberlake. His dead dad. Pierre. Yeah. Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Trudeau. So yeah. Um, and just like for some further listening and reading, mm. um, there's this really great archive from CBC from a seance they conducted at the Laurier House in 1975. Like a recording? Yes. Like from 1975. Audio recording. From 1975. From oh CBC Radio. My God. Where they went and they recorded a seance. Um, and allegedly the medium, she um, speaks as if she's king. Can we like listen to that later? Yeah, absolutely. Oh I have it linked God. in my notes okay. here because I've listened to it a couple times already. Is it spooky? Um, it's just interesting. Okay. I would say, I mean, to me, it's not spooky. I've listened to it a lot. That's why. Is it like her voice changes and she yes. sounds like a man kind yes. of thing? Oh, I don't, I don't love that stuff. That kind of freaks me out a little. Yeah. Like, and, and just also because I've been there, I know what it's like to be in that place at night when there's spooky shit going on. Yeah. It, it is not comfortable. Yeah, I don't know about that. It is honestly, I would love to go um, during the day. Yeah, I feel like that would be much more. We pleasant. should go in the summer because it opens from May to October. Oh, beautiful! It's closed now. Closes after Thanksgiving. Yeah, fair. But we should go. Yeah, not trekked through the snow though, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I think we should return to her. Our friends, the Fox say, sisters. I kind of forgot that we were talking about the Fox sisters. Well, I wanted to break it up a little bit. You no, know? I love that though. And I love all these facts. Yeah. So, okay. So, 
sorry. <laughs> so we're we're back to the Fox sisters. And honestly, I do feel a little bad for them, like I was saying before, because their older sister was kind of like pressuring them to perform. Yeah. Um and sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm reading my notes and they're actually hilarious. Okay. Oh my God. So this guy named Horace Greeley. He was a publisher and a politician. And then I put in parentheses, fuck off already with that name. Horace Greeley. Horace. Yeah. Horace. Horace. (laughs) Honestly, sometimes I'm like, do people name their children just to be mean? (laughs) Like, that just seems vindictive. (laughs) So Horace kind of was like a protector for them a little bit. Like he met them when they came to New York City. He kind of felt a little bit bad for them. And he was Aww. like, I'll protect you. But then he was also like, I'm also going to introduce you to the, like, the high society people of New York City where you can make lots of money, girl. Girlies. And another bad thing about them is that he let them start drinking. And they were oh. like young. And that also insinuates a lot of other problematic yeah. things were maybe happening. So almost immediately after they became prominent, people already suspected that something was up. A few known physicians in the New York area were like, okay, this has to be, like these rapping sounds can't be like anywhere. It has to be in their bodies. Because here's a question. If they were in like a field, Mm -hmm. no walls to hit, would it still happen? See, I don't know if they ever did it in the field. True. See, I'm like, if they're trying to study these things, why didn't they just do that? So um, they're like, yeah, no, it has to be their joints because something is not adding up. Um, and they were investigated by folks at the University of Buffalo who then concluded that, yeah, it was the same thing. There was like, there has to be something in their leg or whatever, their joints. That they're like, they're produ- like popping a knuckle kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. So the girlies starting in a little frustrated with their situation because they became aware of how much they were being exploited, um, how people were using them. And I don't know, I think they were also kind of running out of cash. So in 1888, the girls went to New York City. Uh, where a reporter offered them $1,500 to expose their secret. And $1,500 in 1888 is closer to $50,000 today. That's so a lot of money. Um, that reporter had some cash. Yeah. <laughs> he had cash money flowing. <laughs> so then Maggie was like, okay, I'm going to expose this. <gasps> and so she done, then demonstrated how she did it on stage at the New York Academy of Music with Kate present in the audience. And all it was is basically them just cracking their toe joints. Okay, this is all sounding so familiar now. And that is like, what a what a way to do it. Yeah. So basically, she just examined, she didn't examine, she sort of exposed herself, exposed her toes. Oh. <laughs> Different context in 2023. And she, uh, she showed it. And then she even signed a statement saying that she made the whole thing up. Damn. They both did. That is so wild though, because like I remember hearing, I can't remember what podcast it was, where same like they were talking about this yeah. and just the whole idea of like, yeah, if you take a 12 and a 15 year old who are yeah. doing a fun little parlor trick yeah. for their parents, yeah. and then you're like, let's invite the whole town over. And then they're like, well, we can't say it was all, yeah. like not real. No. Like, no wonder. Yeah. So basically, this is what happened. And then a year later, 1889, 
It's kind of sad. Maggie was not doing well financially, was still very much an alcoholic, Aww. and was desperate to be back in the mix of things. So she actually went and she tried to recant her statement um, and tried to still have a career as a medium, but she never got back into Aww. you know that level of fame that she had once yeah, you know, I mean, been how at. do you recover from that? In 1892, so three years after this, Kate died. Um, and a year later, after years again of alcohol abuse, uh, Maggie also passed away mm-hmm. in 1893. So they died very shortly after this. Um, they're still seen as prominent figures in the paranormal psychology community, although many tend to leave out the part where they um, admitted to being fraudsters yeah. in their history. So I actually have a book... <laughs> On my bookshelf over there, written by Zach Baggins. <laughs> Love. <laughs> well, I mean, probably ghost written, but yeah, by someone else. On it. It's a uh, it's uh, ghost hunting for dummies. Okay, and he talks about the Fox sisters, and he says his whole thing is like, oh, like they were forced. They were desperate for money, so they like pretended they made it all up. But they really, they really did it. I'm like, mm, no, that's I hard. Don't think so. I also, I really can't get like beyond the fact that it was like they were so young and that is such something that a kid would do yeah like totally you know yeah so yeah so yeah it's sorry i see people walking outside i'm like i know eh? who the fuck are you (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so so where does this bring us today so it's been nearly 200 years since the advent of the spiritualist movement and we still do not have any substantial evidence that ghosts truly exist or not i mean we have like shows like you know ghost hunters and buzzfeed unsolved and of course our personal favorite ghost adventures (laughs) um that are all trying to to you know debunk or or just find evidence of ghosts you know early 2000s ghost hunting media has been extremely popular um and whether you believe in ghosts and communication with the afterlife or not, there's no doubt that it is both, I think, entertaining and fascinating. Oh, like, totally. even if you're like a total skeptic, I think it is interesting to think about like this whole thing. Well, the universal question is like, what happens when we die? Yeah, everybody so wants like, to yeah. know that. I, I feel like, in a lot of ways, modern day, like Zach Baggins bullshit is really just an extension of spiritualism. He's so interesting. I have he, that in my notes. Zach Bagans <laughs> is such an interesting person to me, and I would love to do an episode about him. LOL. Like, you know how people say, like, oh, what a character. He, like, so embodies that, that phrase, yeah. like, really. I would love to do a, a whole episode on, like, the actual hunting of ghosts. Because that is, what an industry. I think that maybe will be somewhere down the line. But my family and I do watch uh, Ghost Adventures religiously. I love that. Like, every week when it comes on, we watch it. <laughs> no, to- we got Discovery Plus just to watch Ghost Adventures. Have you ever been to his museum? My parents have. That's oh, where they that's met so him. cool. I thought I you were going to say you. that's where they met, like, each other. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, that's where they met him at his museum. Oh, that's actually insane. You, can you tell that story? Yeah, so my parents, oh my God. they went to, uh, to Vegas, Las Vegas in 2019, where Zach Bagans has his museum, Haunted Museum. And they were in line. And this is before we actually like really got into Ghost Adventures. We actually ended up getting into Ghost Adventures in September of 2019. This was in March of 2019. Oh, I love we have a timeline for this. Oh, girl, I'll never forget. <laughs> never forget Ghost Adventures. <laughs> um, so they were in line for the museum and they were like, oh my God. They were talking to actually to his stepdad. 
because his stepdad works at the museum. They were talking to his stepdad and they were like, oh yeah, like we, you know, we, we know of him, but we're not like super fans. And mm-hmm. um, then I guess Zach got there and because they were talking to the stepdad, the stepdad was like, oh yeah, come meet these people. He was like, yeah, come, come meet these people from Canada. They want to talk to you. They're like, you know, whatever. And so they took a picture with him. Damn, was he nice? They said he was just very quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, not standoffish, but he was just like very like, like quiet. And see, that's where I'm like, his TV persona is so a persona. It's so, a per- I mean, I think it would have to be. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of person. You gotta separate, <laughs> you, gotta separate you as a person from like you on Your TV. Work, yeah. yeah. So Fair. I don't know. He, he, it's just very interesting. I think this whole genre industry is very yeah. interesting. Again, I would love to do a whole episode on like, just like, I would just do a whole episode on Ghost, on I would Ghost love Adventures. That. I think that'd be so interesting. On Zach. And like, how do people get into that? line of work you know <laughs> he's such a controversial figure though you know i don't know a lot about him personally outside of the show no i just within the context of the show because he believes oh, well, in he, demons and well, stuff he does a lot of shit where i'm like this is just totally going into the realm of like just pure entertainment and no i have so many problems with him constantly i do really yeah. like him i think he's so interesting and fascinating and entertaining but he also blames everything on native america no that's what i was gonna say about earlier like it's so dismissive of like acting like it's like a trope like that where it's like, well, no people like there was actual death happening and it's like, it's not just like a, Oh, like a native American crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, Like no, that talk about too. Like, and also, also if they curse these white people, um, very much warranted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the thing too, where I'm like, I feel like that in a lot of ways just like demonizes like native American people. when it's like, yeah, like they are not the root of the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. Like, so, I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of undertones, a lot of lots of things going on. But that, that's basically it. That's my very yeah. brief, 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 condensed Cliff's Notes version. I loved that. I feel like there was so much in there that I just find fascinating. Yeah. Just the way that people are like always and will forever be. Like fascinated by death, yeah. Because like, it's, it's the one thing that human beings cannot agree on. Because we we have no like we yeah, can't compare can't, our experiences. No, yeah, no, that's so <laughs> we wild. can't like be like, oh man, when I died, it was wild, right? or like, oh when I died, this happened. Like, not to name I, drop, I'm not going to. <gasps> but there is someone in our past that claimed to have died and come back. But it is someone that we can pretty w- almost with certainty say this didn't happen. I'm like, I'll tell you after you You can cut this off. So yeah, this is all to say ghosts are great. I love ghosts. I want to, I want to know if a ghost is real. I'm always wanting to know if a ghost is real. If there was a ghost around, that's what you should be saying, you know? Yeah. And I do. I'm like, prove yourself to me. You little bitch. You think you're fucking, (laughs) you think you're fucking funny. I love ghosts. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I do love them though. No, no more cringing today. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that like, I think it would be, I, I'm still very fascinated in this and I think that it's still like, I'm, I don't know. I'm always wondering what the hell's happening. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear like the few things where you were like, oh, I want to talk about this. Would love to, because this was great. Yeah. Well, and we have, we have endless episodes. Oh, time to go on. Time to go yeah. on and on and on. Anyway, I hope everybody, all 12 of our listeners enjoyed. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the magical mystery pods so of the magical mystery pod on Instagram. And yeah, 
Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Stormy. You look like mommy, baby. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to keep up with us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at the magical mystery pod. For more details, check out the description until next time.